Alrighty, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. This is the last one on uh, division needs that we've been doing uh, before the NFL draft, which is this Thursday. And we've been going division by division, team by team, to establish what we think uh, are the needs of the teams in each division. And, you know, Wiz, this is an interesting one, this division, in that uh, coming into last year, I remember you and I were, we thought this was probably the best division in football, which ended up kind of becoming the case, except for the very weak finish by the Seattle uh, Seahawks. But boy, I feel a lot differently about this team right now, about this division right now. It seems to be a division in complete chaos outside of the Los Angeles Rams, Was Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have quarterback situations, uh, with with the you know the with Wilson leaving the Seahawks, with Murray seeming uh, seemingly having problems with the Cardinals organization, and um, Debo Samuel looks like uh, this one's headed for an ugly situation as far as the 49ers go. So the defending champs uh, look like they are clearly the most stable, if nothing else, uh, division team headed. Uh, you know, in the NFC West this year. Yeah, very, very, very strange. Like I said, the way and, and look, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute with the Rams. So the Rams certainly mortgaged a, a lot of their future uh, to to make a run at that Super Bowl title last year. Uh, it panned out for them. They they won the Super Bowl to, uh, uh, with Sean McVay getting back to the Super Bowl, having lost a few years ago. Uh, to the Patriots, but uh, last year uh, winning winning the title and uh, certainly feeling good. There was some rumors about him potentially maybe retiring. Uh, seems a bit premature for, for me, uh, but he is back, and, and, and the Rams are back in action, Matthew Stafford. But we'll talk a little bit about them next. But, yeah, the, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, you know, the last two seasons, you know, really, really poor finishes, uh, I think, um, last year, certainly DeAndre Hopkins being uh, – completely away from the team for the second half of the season, dealing with injuries was, was a factor. Uh, they got a lot out of James Conner last year at the at the running back position. Outside, outside of him, though, uh, there was not really a lot of superlatives to talk about on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively improved. They, they had some really good games. Um, but again, this is a team where it starts, you know, it really starts with, with what's going to happen with Murray at quarterback. Uh, I, I think they could still use some edge help. Uh, they, they lost Chandler Jones, so that, that's problematic in terms of their pass rush. And what's going to happen at wide receiver? Like I said, they do have Hopkins. They lost Christian Kirk. They did re-sign uh, A.J. Green for a year. Uh, but I don't know if they take a chance and try to build up some of what happens here uh, at the receiver position. Um, but I, I think everything to me still points to what's going to happen long-term with Kyla Murray. But at this point in time, uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals have some work to do in this particular draft. Um, they do hold picks in, in rounds number one, two, and three, but they don't have most of their picks until later in the rest of this draft was where the five final picks that they have in this draft, two in the sixth round and three in the seventh round. Yeah, I think they have to first and foremost get a better, you know, uh, ensure that line, offensive line, protect Murray a little better, specifically guard. I believe they'll do that with their first round pick. Um, they can draft a wide receiver in this draft. I mean, losing Kirk to free agency, AJ Green um, is up there in age. Hopkins, you know, couldn't stay on the field much. Um, 
so they could draft a receiver. Maybe that'll be kind of like, you know, kind of towards the end of their draft. But I, I see defensive side of the football certainly, and first and foremost, priority is shoring up that offensive line, especially at the guard position um, against that division, with especially the Rams and 49ers that love to get after the quarterback. All right, so that gets us to the Rams, and uh, the Rams, uh, look, like I said, uh, a lot was made, into, a, lot was, a lot of efforts were made to get to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, they traded away a, a lot of picks, and that, that's happened over the last couple of years. And as a result of that, the Rams are dealing with some, some, some once for, first off, not having a lot of draft equity, and they did have some big changes uh, in that they're going to be dealing with you know, some injuries. Robert Woods is gone from this team. Uh, we know, I don't know what's going to happen with Odell Beckham Jr., but he is recovering from a ACL surgery, which he injured himself in the Super Bowl. Uh, to, as far as draft picks go, no picks in the first and second round. Um, I think that uh, they have a big deal on offensive line because <laughs> losing your starting left tackle, one of the better left tackles in the game, is something that leaves a, a huge void. But they don't have the first pick in this draft, Wiz, till number 104 overall in the third round. Uh, they have a pick in each of the first, uh, sorry, each of the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, none in the first two rounds, and a bunch of, uh, you know, three in the sixth round and two in the seventh round. So uh, this is a team that, has to get some offensive line help the way I look at it. I think to continue to work on that defense, I think they need help there. Uh, you could sprinkle in a wide receiver as well, uh, but they don't have a lot of picks early in this draft to do it with, Wiz. They don't have a lot of early draft equity, and they don't have a lot of equity um, either in this draft. And, you know, they, they lost Austin Corbett, who's uh, another offense. They, they have got to address uh, Players on the defensive side of the football, Von Miller's not there anymore. Um, so offensive line, linebacker and cornerback. And then also they're going to make um, – I think they have to draft a punter, right? Didn't they release – Yeah, Johnny Hecker's Johnny, gone. You know, their long-time Johnny yeah. Hecker as well? Yeah, he's gone. He's, uh, by, uh, by the way, Johnny Hecker, who is one of the best passing – non-quarterback passing players of all time in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's just a terrific punter. They released him, cap reasons, and all of that stuff. So uh, they'll be drafting a punter about uh, early on, you know, starting with their third-round pick, um, offensive line, and then uh, I believe most of their draft picks will be spent on the defensive side of the football. All right, very good, Wiz. So let's move to the 49ers, uh, who, who made that splash last year. Uh, they drafted uh, Trey Lance. Uh, as a result, they have no first-round pick this year. Uh, but and, and more than likely, Trey Lance ends up being the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. We talked about uh, Debo Samuel. We're not really sure what's going to happen with that situation. So something that definitely needs to be watched. Uh, the way I look at it, Wiz, this is, this is a team that continues to need some help on their offensive line, uh, but particularly needs some help in their secondary. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking for for the 49ers. Uh, as I mentioned, no first-round pick. Uh, their first pick of this draft is not until the 61st pick in the draft. They have a couple of picks in the third round, a uh, pick in the fourth round, pick in the fifth round, three picks in the sixth round, and one in the seventh round. So, Wiz, what direction do you see the emphasis for the 49ers? I think the Jets are, are in play for Debo Samuel. That's the first and foremost. I mean, we know the Jets were desperately in for Tyreek Hill. 
Uh, they lost out uh, to the Dolphins on that. So I think they're really going to be in for Debo here. Uh, they have two first-round picks. I don't know. It would make sense, the 10th overall pick, uh, maybe another pick or two. Um, you know, so it's tough to analyze the 49ers draft to really know how the Debo situation, one, is going to play out, if there's going to be something undone on draft day, because I feel there's a real likelihood that there's going to be something done on draft day as far as Debo Samuel is concerned. I just, uh, you know, otherwise, I'm not sure if the 49ers really have an idea what they're going to do, because uh, it's tough to try and analyze your situation when um, you don't know if you're going to have your all-pro receiver uh, for the draft. So that's that's the interesting thing. Well, and, and we do know, I believe at this time there are now, well, Robert Saleh and, uh, and LaFleur, both came from the San Francisco, the offensive coordinator and the head coach, both came from the 49ers. I think there are eight or nine ex-Niners already on this roster. Uh, so the point connecting this team where Debo Samuel, it's not about the money. It's a philosophical difference in terms of his the player's usage. And I don't know. I mean, I, I would think maybe because because the way they used Debo Samuel last year was very different than he had used and was used in any other year um, that he was part of the San Francisco 49ers with. So uh, connecting the 49 sorry the 49ers and the Jets uh, together on this Debo Samuel potential trade does make a lot of sense given some of the history that we've seen uh, between these two organizations. Well, what doesn't make sense to me is where this all came from. I mean. Apparently, Debo Samuel is not interested in, it's not money related. Like the 49ers are saying, okay, you know, we'll pay you. We'll put you up there with the highest, you know, paid receivers in the league. So if this is about, if this is about Debo Samuel saying, I want to be used exclusively or mostly as a wide receiver, so when my when my contract is up, I'll be paid as a wide receiver. Or if he says these carries, these six, eight, ten carries a game, it's going to shorten my career. Okay, that that's you know that's fair for him to to make that statement. But at some point, you have to let the organization know, like what is it? You know, wh- you know where do you stand? Are we at the point of? where Devontae Adams was with Green Bay, where it wasn't about the money anymore. He wanted to go on and play with Derek Carr somewhere else. Debo Samuels, I believe, is an East Coast guy. Um, it, it makes sense. And the 49ers, I'm sure, do not want to see him going to a team that they can play in the playoffs. So it makes all the sense of the wor- in the world, in my view. Send them to the Jets. Yeah, so it it became a point, even even to the point where uh, your boy McKenna was uh, was saying last year, can we use Debo Samuel? And McKenna is not you know as knowledgeable as most on football. And he was saying, could they use Debo as a running back in fantasy last year? If you remember, and, and it got to the point, yes, where you mentioned five six. There was a few games where he carried the ball double digits. I was looking at this, and and I was in the dynasty league, by the way, with Debo Samuel in the league that we're in. I had him. I had this player for one dollar. I did not keep him last year because the year before he couldn't stay on the field. He was constantly having issues with his hamstring. But you, you look historical historically, Wiz and Mike Lafleur again, the offensive coordinator with the San Francisco Forty ers now with the Jets. 
Debo Samuel, his rookie year with the 49ers, carried the ball 14 times. Last in, in 2020, he carried the ball eight times. Now, granted, he didn't play a lot of football games in 2020. Last year, Debo Samuel, before the playoffs, carried the ball 60 times, not including the playoffs. So, and things change, and as we know, things changed a lot. We were talking about Debo Samuel bet, uh, prop bets every single week in the playoffs. With so, right. so, so things have changed dramatically here. And the fact that Debo Samuel, you know, played with Mike Lafleur, I, I think your logic makes perfect perfect sense here. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But to me. That one is going to happen on draft day or it's not going to happen because the 49ers want to know if they're picking 10th and they love a player, they want to get that player. They're they're not leaving it up to afterwards or other stuff. So I just feel that this trade is going to happen on draft day with the Jets or it's not going to happen at all. So, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens by Thursday. All right, so let's move to Seattle Seahawks, uh, who I would say traditionally have 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 made a lot of moves in in drafts previously when they didn't have a lot of draft capital coming in into a draft and kind of making making uh, making a lot out of nothing uh, in this particular draft. So this, to me, this is a Seattle Seahawks team that's obviously in complete transition. They moved on from Russell Wilson. They made a trade for Drew Locke. Uh, they've added Noah Font. They've added. They've lost. A, the longtime uh, linebacker Bobby Wagner. Uh, I look at the Seattle Seahawks needing help all over the football field, both sides of the ball, offensive line, linebacker, cornerback, uh, running back, quarterback, it, it, you know, everywhere, Wiz. But they pick with the ninth pick overall. Then they go to the second round with two picks, 40 and 41. They have the 72nd, round, uh, 72nd pick in the draft in the third round. They also got the pick for Jamal Adams in the fourth round. Uh, they have the Jets pick in the fourth round, so it's early. They have five picks in the first 109 picks. They also have two additional picks in the fifth round and one pick in the seventh round. So uh, I, I mentioned a bunch of positions there, Wiz. I really think they need help all over the place. Uh, the direction in which they go in, I'm not sure. I never believe anything that Pete Carroll says to begin with. I think he's uh, one of the biggest prevaricators in the entire league as far as, I'm not saying he's a dishonorable guy, but he never tells the truth about his players and his health. And and, and by the way, they have a question mark around uh, around the running back position as well because Rashad Penny's not on this team anymore. And Chris Carson's coming back or trying to come back from a neck injury where he was never able to get back on the field. So the way I look at it was just question marks both sides of the football for Seattle. Yeah, the one bright spot for the Seahawks in all of this is they did get Shelby Harris, who's a really good defense lineman in that trade with the Broncos. So they, they, they have to, again, this is similar to what I felt about Tampa Bay. I mean, I know they probably uh, don't love Drew Locke, but they're not going to, I think, take the ninth overall pick a quarterback. That would make zero sense to me. So offensive and defensive line, they, they cornerback is in play as well uh, with one of their picks. I mean, they may try and strike, you know, lightning in a bottle twice. The way they, you know, drafted Russell Wilson, he became such a great quarterback. Maybe with one of their third, fourth, or fifth round picks, they'll take a quarterback. But offensive line, defensive line, cornerback um, is really where they're going to, I believe, attack this draft. And uh, they're in a good draft spot to really get somebody uh, terrific at uh, at those positions. I saw one interesting thing was uh, there was one player that was not not from a draft perspective, but 
from a potential landing spot for an interesting player. Um, Gardner Minshew played his football at Washington State. Uh, you know, you talk about this draft not being a particular good good draft at the quarterback position. I would agree with that statement. Um, Drew Locke, I think we've seen enough of him at the NFL level that probably what you have is, you know, what you've seen already. I don't think we're going to get a get a big revelation in, in his particular play. Gardner Minshew is an interesting player. Uh, like I said, played football in, in Washington State. Is that a player that you could potentially see playing for the Seattle Seahawks? I think I think so. I think you know the the Seahawks. You know, we Pete Carroll is not one at this point where he's going to just start worrying about the future. You know, these next three, four, five years we're building, especially at his age. So he's going to want to try and get someone in, that, that can play the position that's going to help them to be competitive on the field. So sure, Gardner Minshew is in play. I guess Baker Mayfield is in is in play as well. So. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But um, certainly, Minshew, when he got a chance to get in there last year with the Eagles, he played well. And uh, he's a quarterback that's a real tough, tough quarterback, and he inspires his team when he's out there. So I could see that as well. Yeah. So I, I, and you know, you mentioned Baker Mayfield, and and you want to talk about it, it in in history of the NFL. You know, obviously Mayfield was taken with the number one pick overall and dealt with a lot of injuries last year. Uh, To me, and, and, you know, gets all these commercial endorsements and stuff like that. This is one of the more interesting players that we have seen in a long time in terms of trying to figure out what his future is going to be. And, you know, there's a part of me that says that, you know, maybe – Minshew, uh, sorry, Minshew, uh, Mayfield completely mishandled by the organization last year in terms of the injuries. But it's just amazing that, that fall that has happened for Baker Mayfield. There was so much excitement around this player only a couple of years ago, and now he can't find a home. Yeah. Um, so I think when people are trying to figure out Baker Mayfield's landing spot this year, I think they are looking at it the wrong way. And I know I just mentioned maybe Seattle, but, you know, look, you don't really know about what's happening behind the scenes, who's talking trade with who. But I I think the thinking about where he's going to land is is not the right way to look at it. From where I sit, a type of team that should be looking to maybe trade a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, believe it or not, are teams like Kansas City, a team like Tampa Bay, a team that if they're quarterback and they have elite teams with elite quarterbacks, if they were to miss a month or six weeks with some kind of an injury, can step in there and keep them afloat. Or in worse situation, a catastrophic injury with a, a great roster can can still have them compete for a championship. So while I know a lot of people look at, oh, maybe Atlanta, what about Seattle, a Carolina, he could beat out Winston for the starting job in the Saints. I don't see it that way. I see him, the best path is to get healthy mentally, get to a, an existing team that is a championship roster, and be the safety net in case a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady went down with an existing roster that he could lead to a championship. 
That's the that's how I see it. I, I disagree with all of these landing spots for Baker Mayfield. I, I think you may see a, a team that will surprise people, like the teams I mentioned. The Rams are in that mix too. That can offer him and and, and have an existing roster that's good enough to win, and 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 want to have a quarterback in there in case their quarterback that goes down where they could compete. Yeah, and I, and I and if I'm the Rams, you know, I'm I'm not fully confident as much as Matthew Stafford was terrific last year, right? We we know he's got and he's got a back that's not exactly in in the best condition. He's taken a lot of punishment over the course of his career. So, uh, excellent points there, Wiz. Yeah, one other thing I just wanted to say is Rashard Penny, um, Rashard Penny did re-signed with the Seahawks for a one-year contract. Oh, he did. Okay. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I missed that so, one. So it's back to the cloudy Chris Carson versus Richard Penny show this upcoming season. Yeah. For you those know, people the, that are looking forward to that. The, the one thing with I, – I, I, look, Pete, Pete Carroll, I, I mentioned, you know, doesn't tell the truth on his players. But, you know, last year there was all this kind of hope around – you know, neck injuries are very serious for running backs. Very, very serious. So – I'm not sure that we see Chris Carson again, you know, play football for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm really not certain about that. Um, and, and the fact that he was never able to get back last year, and there's still question marks around that player. So, you know, who knows where that goes. But I, I had missed Penny getting resigned. I thought, I thought he was available. So, uh, and, and Penny, by the way, was was terrific when he was on the field for the Seahawks last year, and probably oh, man, said, he was like a league. He was a league winner. Yeah, sec, for, second half of the season, sure. I was going to say probably a top five running back, right? Oh, there's no question. There was a, there was a stretch of games there. I forget the exact weeks, but yeah, four or five weeks where he, you know, it was just wondering, you know, if, if he's finally living up to his potential uh, that he came out of uh, that he came out of college with uh, as as one of these type of running backs. And uh, yeah, he was the fir- yeah, first round. He was, he was a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, he and he 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 just looked. He looked, his legs looked lively. He, he was, he looked, he, oh, you know, exactly what you said. He was terrific. All right, Wiz. So that's, that's the wrap up. Well done as always. Uh, we are going to be doing a, a mock draft, I think, uh, before the draft comes up. And we're also, you mentioned uh, the prop drafts, uh, prop, prop picks about this draft. So we're going to be looking at, at that as well. Uh, we'll be looking forward to doing those two with you before the draft starts. Yeah, just as a little tease, there's, there's two prop bets that I absolutely love <clears throat> that are out there, and uh, we're going to give them out, and uh, hopefully we'll start the new season the way we ended it last year on a high note. So uh, absolutely. Get that going. All right, so Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, or Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, make sure you're subscribing. Uh, Wiz, great job as always, and uh, we'll talk to you a couple days uh, again about uh, all this exciting stuff heading into the NFL draft. You got it.